Hey, yo, what up, slackers? Hope you're having a good weekend. Today, I want to discuss a book called The 360-Degree Leader, and it's written by the frequent leadership author John C. Maxwell. This dude has really made a living, a good living out of writing about leadership and uh, how to survive or thrive in large organizations. So yeah, modern days, you know, probably like if you're a millennial, you face the, really it's a common, uh, common uh, what do you call it, crossroad decision of whether to go into uh, something more of a, kind of like a startup environment or go into a corporate environment. Or just be fucking broke and like not, yeah, not have a job and live off of your parents. But yeah, assuming that you have at least a little bit of decency. So the first two options in, the, in a startup environment or in a corporate environment is a place where you have to make your career choice. Um, yeah, when, when, when you come to making that decision, just know that there is no right answer. Because both, it, literally, because both answers are fucking wrong, okay? Both solutions, you will find plenty of frustration and not enough good things to justify. So actually, the best way to find your fulfillment is to live off of your parents, that third option, or to like live on the street. Like any of those options would have been great. Okay, kidding aside, corporate versus startup. So John C. Maxwell, actually, he, uh, he is an expert on showing or, or telling people how um, using examples of how to excel in an organization uh, structure, a larger organization. Generally, these are like um, large companies that's greater than uh, like hundreds or thousands of people. Um, and yeah, for each one of us, then we have to find a place to fit in and to be able to exert our value and make our impact on the organization right no hell no no the, the the whole point of being in an organization is that you basically don't have to work as hard as you do in a startup and you just fucking leech off of the what people previously has built the organization has done for you you know those people have paved the way so all you got to do is just to be there and collect your paycheck and seem like you're busy every day no that, that's also kind of a uh, kind of a, yeah, uh, it's actually partially true for some people, but if you're young and if you want your career to go somewhere, don't do that. Take your career um, within, or take control of your career within your own hands. And to do that, really, you need to take ownership of the things that you do and to be able to develop yourself. At least that's what organizations always tell you to do. Um, and... Yeah, John C. Maxwell, he actually has some practical pointers in this book. He's written numerous books. That's why he's called a frequent author. He, he laid out some principles in this book. That is quite helpful. So uh, I can share it here. Um, but, you know, to really see it in, you know, in, in the light that you find it useful, it really relies on a lot of more personal interpretation of what he's trying to say. Um you know, all of these kind of leadership or management books are cool, but um, they're only useful to the extent that 
uh, one, you apply them, and two, you apply them and feel like as you're doing as bad as if you didn't apply them, and three, you completely give up on applying them. So, yeah, it takes those three steps to really, uh, to really uh, <laughs> um, fully utilize the the ideas being instilled to the readers in the in these types of books. So. Yeah, let's let's get into the book and to see uh, what what kind of uh, what kind of things um, could be helpful. So the main, I think, the main idea of this book is that leadership. So if you're starting out in a entry level position and you're looking to get into move up in the organization, get into a leadership position. Don't wait until you are already in a leadership position to develop your leadership abilities. That's one of the most critical things because actually most leaders that are in leadership positions are learning about leadership. It's like a tongue twister. Are learning about leadership way before they got their leadership positions. So then you have to be prepared for that leadership position because otherwise you might never get there. Um, and how do you how do you do that? So the theory here in this book and the main theory is that. Most in most organizations, leadership as well as the work being done under that leadership takes place in the middle. It's not at the C level. C level means the executive level, um, the CEOs, the CSOs, the CTOs, the CFUCOs, whatever. So you have to, you know, the most of the uh, the decisions that we make um, in a in an organization would happen, at least I am interpreting this on a day-to-day -day level as well as on a project level, would have to be done in the middle. And yes, that that's what makes the middle manager so important. And um, yeah, so again, the three levels that I'm referring to here is the C level, which is the top level, the middle level, which are the middle managers, and then on the bottom level, which are the normal associates and the people that actually do the work um, and uh, being managed by the middle managers. So, yeah, I actually heard of a uh, an interesting observation that during 2020, the pandemic time that, I mean, we're not out of it, but during the pandemic, um, the number one realization across most large organizations uh, and large companies is the uselessness of middle management. Um, I think to an extent it's true because probably a lot of people lost their jobs um, in that middle management role, but they also kind of, in other organizations, actually it enhances the effectiveness of middle management the, 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 in the pandemic period because now, you know, everybody's um, working from their own bedroom, so instead of going to work, so the effective management of people and the associates kind of falls more heavily on the middle management. And to that, I, I think the middle management positions will, all, all, will always be there. And if you think about it, 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 it probably will always be there because there for every company, there, there needs to be the highest level executives. And then you, you will have people, you will need throngs of people to manage the massive army of people down below. 
So there has to be a middle management. As long, okay, as long as human society has hierarchy, middle management will be there. And to excel at being a middle manager is a key for young people or for just some anyone to move up an organization because that's where true leadership ability is shown and the, the, the impact of that leadership um, is going to be visible. So the most important thing about the important attribute or the most important qualities of the middle managers, um, according to John Maxwell, is to be able to lead up, lead across and lead down. And the three terms means that, and by the way, if you can lead up, lead across and lead down, then you are a 360 degree leader. So that's, you know, the name of this book. But what does that mean? You lead up means you influence, not just influence, you be, you are able to work with your manager. As a middle manager, you're able to work with your boss. So that's lead up. Lead across is you can um, work effectively and efficiently with different groups um, or group uh, or, or with other middle managers. You know, if you're working with other middle managers, then you're working with other groups or departments because that's the people that they manage. And the, I guess it's an equivalent saying. So you lead across, meaning you are in a harmonic, harmonic harmonious relationship with your peers, which are also presumably managers. And you also can lead very well down. And that is to uh, lead your team or your associates who report into you. So those are three, the three things that middle managers um, gotta do well. No shit. Of course you gotta manage up, manage across and manage down. I mean, because that's your fucking position, dude. So you are in the middle. You, of course you have to look up. You're kind of like that monkey in the middle. If you look up, you see <laughs> you see the ass of the monkey above you. You lead, If you look down, you see the smiling faces of the people beneath you. So you're kind of in the middle and in an organization, it's it's just, that's, that's the way it is. So there's really nothing innovative about what John Maxwell said right here. But it's really about how you effectively carry out those three activities in three different directions that um, that can make or break your your effectiveness as a middle manager. And yeah, so let's let's see how uh, how that really how that really goes. So yeah, even before that, he laid out. I, I think this is something that is valuable that he's provided. He laid out five reasons why uh, people would like to follow their leaders. And I think there's some truth to it. And let's take a look at them one by one. So the first one is the leader commands a top position in the hierarchy. Yeah, so that's the de facto definition of a leader. That means they uh, are in a higher position than you. They make more money than you. They have more power than you. Whatever they say carries more weight than you. You being like the rest of the employees, okay? So, of course, then people need to follow them because it has every um, everything to do with what they're going to be getting or on whether they're still going to be receiving a paycheck uh, three or four weeks from now. So they better listen to whatever the, their leader or people in their leadership positions are saying. 
So that's one. It's because of their hierarchical hierarchical position. Um, number two, leader has a relationship with subordinates unrelated to status. So that is kind of like if you know someone personal at a personal level and you respect that person, then then that's why you follow that leader. So I think that's a cool way because like. For example, like company lunches or just just one-on-one -on -one lunches, you know, you know your, you know your leader, you know your boss, and not only you have to report into your boss for your job on what you do, but you also kind of respect him for who he is and, and what he does. Maybe you respect him for his uh, technical expertise because he knows his shit, which he should. If he's a middle manager, you know he should know his shit. But if he doesn't. Even if he doesn't, maybe because he's just such a, a, a he's just got such savvy interpersonal skills and just such a likable person that you also respect him for that. You know, I can totally understand if he's a charming dude or a charming woman. Um, uh, that that I can totally see that, and um, you respect them and you follow them. You you. Yeah, whatever they say, you know, you take that as the truth. Of course, you gotta also have your uh, own independent thinking there. But you know, you you like to believe whatever they say is for the is has carry some level of authority, and you like to follow them. So that's number two. And of course, of course, like when you say the leader has a relationship with subordinates, that doesn't really mean you know. The, the, the type of relationships that the boss is sleeping with the employee because that's not allowed these days anymore. Those types of relationships are called power relationships and they're relationships in quotes because as soon as they're found out about or, they, or they're as soon as they're um, uh, others find out about it then yeah then the the, the boss would be in trouble kind of like what's that dude's name um, uh, Matt Lauer yeah for NBC. Uh, the the news anchor for for NBC, where like he was asking his interns to uh, suck him off and uh, give him a hand job uh, in the bathroom stall. I mean, that that is like pretty much every man's high um, every man's fantasy come true. So you bastard, Matt Lauer, you've taken it from every up and coming you know <laughs> up and coming millennial to be to do the same thing that you did because now. Um, you did, you got away with it, okay? You got fired from NBC, but people in the future, if they did this shit, yeah, there's no way they can pull that off without going to jail, okay? They're definitely looking into prison time if they wanted some, uh, yeah, some action from their employees, from their young interns, especially if they're hot. Um, you can never say things like, meet me in the bathroom in 20 minutes to your, to your intern these days, because, yeah, Actually, you know, before, probably the intern was like a deer in the headlights. They don't know what to do. But now, these kids, they're so savvy. The first thing, if you tell them that's what you want, and the next thing they're going to tell, they're, they're, they're going to do is to tell on you and to call their HR, okay? So, fuck you, Matt Lauer, and all of those, or, or um, Weinstein, there, Harvey Weinstein, that motherfucker. Um for taking that dream away from all the other future millennials who wants to who wants to fulfill those types of fantasies in the workplace not possible anymore yeah done okay so 
let's get back to uh, reality here. So, the third reason people follow their leader was because uh, the employee wants to be a part of the leader's, te- uh, leader's team because it produces results. Everybody wants to be a part of a high-performing team, and that's also the best way to get recognized and feel good about your work. So that's definitely true. Number four, the employee wants to grow as an individual and learn new skills. That kind of goes also along with number three, but I can see that being an independent point because not only you want to produce results, but you also want to uh, learn something uh, along the way. But, you know, even if you're working on a bad project or you're with a bad team, you can also produce uh, I mean, you can also learn new skills along the way, but it's just that those new skills might not get recognized. You can be there and be crunching codes or crunching numbers for a long time without being recognized. For so people can still like behind your back and ask, "What this? What what the fuck does this motherfucker do?" You might be pulling like 10, 12 hour work days and every day, and that would still probably be the result because people don't recognize it. So it's so important to be part of a high performing team and to get visibility from the organization and from your company, especially from the above, to know that you're doing your job at least. Okay, and the last one is the employee respects the leader's judgment and personality. Oh, that's kind of like what, what I said about number two. Uh, the, the leader has a relationship with the subordinates. Oh, okay, so number five. So if you respect your leader, that falls into number five. So leader number number two actually was strictly if your leader was like fucking you in, their, in his, uh, in his uh, spare time, then that was the that was the only scenario that would fall under number two and that's that's why yeah and then number two would be eliminated these days because uh and, and yeah and these days you can never pull that off okay so four reasons people follow their their leaders um yeah okay so now let's talk about uh yeah let's talk about in order the three things manage up manage across and manage down okay as a middle manager in order to manage up you definitely gotta suck up um do whatever you do whatever it takes to please your boss no that's not what john maxwell said so what he actually said is that successful middle level managers uh know how to self-manage and to uh effectively efficiently use their time um because uh it really you're really caught in between dividing your time between uh, managing, you know, the three directions, managing up, across, and down. So how how well you allocate your time is really important. Um, and there's a the nice quote that um, it's ironic to become leaders. People must be able to do many things well, but in order to become leaders at the top, they must do learn to do fewer things with great excellence. So that kind of also applies to the time allocation of each uh, task that you assign yourself because you can either spend a little bit of time and do everything or you do fewer things but you do each thing well. And in effect, the latter scenario will get you farther in the workplace because by investing your time into fewer things and doing them well, you will actually be able to achieve more because if you just spread your time across many different things, you won't be able to do them well and you will have a lot of a lot of holes to fill or a lot of 
and things to uh, a, a lot of fuck ups to uh, to fix. So you rather do the second. You you rather be the second uh, second guy who um, who does things well. So then you need to make a decision on how well you allocate your time. Okay. And uh, those are all things that you learn along the way as you grow, as you work more in an organization. Um, you you kind of pick those things up. So use your best judgment and learn from your mistakes. Um, yeah, then it goes back to um, how uh, what I was saying before about uh, making your boss's job easier. This is a key. Okay, how do you make your boss's job easier? And that is to really learn your to do your job well and because probably your boss knows what you do theoretically he should or he or she should okay so if you do your your part well by default you are already making your boss's job easier so first thing is to do a good job and then the second thing is to solve problems for your boss, okay? Even before it comes to your boss. Of course, as a middle level manager, you will see the problem coming up first before your boss sees, sees it. Okay, if he sees it before you do, then you're fucked, okay? Yeah, you're there, there's no hope for you. So, assuming that you see the problem first, you need to think of ways to fix the problem. Uh, if it's a big problem, you might need to communicate that to your boss first before you actually go about fixing it, but you need to provide solutions rather than the problem to your boss in order to get his input not to throw the problem at him or her so they can fix it for you that's a bad way to deal with your boss so um yeah so so just just make sure that you have some plans and solutions to the problem that you're presenting okay and also um openly support your boss and your boss's decision of course you know when he is he or she is trying to make a decision on what to do, you should present him or her with the best information that you can do or that you can provide, and also give him or her your input or your perspective on the problem and what how you would like to go about solving it. And yeah, he or she I'm sure will appreciate it. They may not agree with your solution, but they will appreciate that you can think independently and you can try to help them solve the problem and give them some insights um but after the decisions made make sure that you support your boss uh openly in a especially in front of other groups or other leaders because if you say you know if if the your boss makes a decision and things blow up later you can't just go behind their backs and, you know, this idiot told me to do so-and-so and and this is his or her decision. No, it's not just his or her decision. It's actually a decision that he or she made because you have presented he or she with the information that you presented to them. So you were part of that decision-making process as well. You can't really completely uh, dump off the responsibility to them. So you fucked up as well, okay? So openly support the decision and support the rationale why you have made that decision that you did and uh, if, if, if it turned out to be um, erroneous or erroneous how do you say that um, basically if it turned out to be the wrong decision make sure that you reflect on why okay and then um, the last thing is to never say no to your boss on in terms of um, if he him or her wants to put you on a project Take it, okay? Even if your plate is full, take it. You can always 
handle just a little more because um yeah it, it's it's only gonna reflect it reflect uh well on your part instead of having your boss thinking that you're a, a lazy ass just doesn't want to take on any additional responsibility or to uh to spend any more time at work so yeah and and really it by taking on these additional tasks especially if it's a task that others don't like and others uh, turn down. So it's actually a great opportunity to develop your relationship with your boss if you are able to accept it and um, able to accept, uh, able to help him or her out by taking on those, shouldering those additional responsible, uh, additional responsibilities. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and yeah, of course, to be able to provide them with the information that they lack, because they will look to you for to finding that information. You better have it ready. You and you should never hide any information, especially if you know if it's like some bad news. Don't hide it from your boss. Okay, don't do it because in the end, it's gonna it's gonna come out and it's got not gonna be pretty. The earlier it gets aired. Um, the earlier you, you have an opportunity to, to uh, talk about that, uh, openly discuss that with your boss and to be able to, yeah, not because your boss is going to be in deep shit if he is, uh, yeah, if he has to take on responsibility for something that he didn't even know about later from taking the blame from his boss. So you don't want that situation. And uh, yeah, just be very frank about problems um, in your communications with your boss. So those things is what you kind of need to lead up. Lead across is kind of similar, but um, um, also takes on, you know, this is how you uh, communicate and handle the communication with your peers. Here, you just, again, you need to be, um, be as frank as possible and to be able to be uh, to be able to say good things about other people, to support them, right? To uh, to be able to uh, to praise them, especially uh, John Maxwell points out that if you praise people openly and publicly who are not on your team, you are actually building that relationship with that team or with that member or with that leader of that team. So make sure you take your time to do those things and to be able to comment positive give co positive comments on what people have done especially if it's not your if not it's your employees or not your associates but people from other teams or other departments make sure you say good things about them and although um, competition is natural among organizations and among different uh, departments don't kill each other over it have healthy competition is nice because it's also a way to build relationships um, Use those competition as an opportunity to really build, to do team building across different departments and to be able to have other people show off what they have done. Give them, give them the opportunity. Sometimes you just gotta, you know, just take a, not take a step back, but to, to be able to, um, you know, be a little, hold your, hold your thoughts, hold your tongue and let other people speak. So they, they have the exposure that they wanted and then you will get your chance to speak eventually, okay? So be a little more patient and uh, and, and just be nice to, to people, especially be nice to people um, it, from other departments. It, it, of course, you gotta be nice to your boss, but be, also be nice to the people that 
you that is at the same level as you. Okay, and when you work with, especially when you work with your peers, you need to be actively contributing and uh, think outside the box for uh, and creative solutions to your problems because that's how you really um, demonstrate your value, your value, and your team's value. Maybe take if you can't solve a problem or you can't think of a, a, a nice idea to pitch in on the spot. Take that idea, take that problem back to your team and have your team members or have your your employees or your, or your associates give you their thoughts, and then take it back to your peers and to see to evaluate these uh, potential solutions. And you know if the idea is not yours, openly say that it's not yours. It's from your it's from one of your employees or. From one of your the one of the people that you manage and give them credit, dude. Don't be a fucking asshole and just like say every brilliant idea is yours because they won't be. And if someone else's idea from from another department is better, recognize it and say, yeah, that's such a good idea. Let's go with that. And to to really um, support these um, you know moments of brilliance from other people, it's gonna make them love you. And if you don't. You know, you just miss out on opportunities to make more friends. So do that. Although competition exists, don't expect to be the shiny star at every occasion because you won't be, okay? So start helping others to help you. That's generally the key of how to lead across. Leading down. This is, I think this is the easiest part, but also the hardest part. Leading down because these people are already looking up to you. You have authority over them. So you can be as much of an asshole or you can be as nice as you want to them so that they can walk all over you. So the choice is yours, but being somewhere in the middle is kind of where you want to be, okay? And the key here is to have respect from your from your employees and to be genuine as much as you can. Although, you know, in the workplace, being genuine is kind of like saying you got to be friendly during a war. That's paradox. It doesn't happen. You cannot be genuine at work in, a, in any organization. As long as there's more than two people, you cannot be genuine, okay? So just that's just the, the reality of um, an organization in the human society. You cannot be genuine beyond one other people, uh, one other person. You can be genuine with one person, but you cannot be genuine with everybody, okay? So, but the thing, the thing is, to be able to uh, be be just be truthful to them, and to be able to maximize the ability of your employees, and to make them feel competent, I think that's the number one. Also, according to, to this book as well, that's the number one trick to make your people feel to make your their your people listen to what you have to say and respect you for it. Because if they feel good about what they do, they will like their job. If they like their job, they will say good things about their boss. And they will also like to, to talk to their boss because they don't feel like shit every time they walk into your office. Okay? So make sure that you use the right people in the right way. Some people may be good at doing certain things than others. So make sure you put them to do what they're good at. And also give them opportunities to develop. Not only to put them through like... Uh, C++ or Python training that doesn't really 
do shit to, to their pro professional development. Make sure you give them opportunities to develop. Teach them how to better manage their time. Teach them how to better develop their interpersonal skills. Give some of the more candid feedbacks to them. And just don't hesitate on pointing out something that you have observed that could help them um, develop personally and professionally. Um, they have to be able to take these types of feedback. And because if you don't give them the frank feedback, then they will never learn. Of course, they can take it too personal and they can hate you for it, but you have to take that chance, okay? You have to, and timing is of course everything and how you say things. It's not what you say, but how you say it. So you have to make sure that you are able to get these ideas and get these feedbacks across to the people that you manage, okay? And this is really uh, important to help them keep the morale up and have the right mental attitude because if they are happy about their job then they will do do a good job and they will be able to contribute uh, for your team and it will look good on you so you know keep them good at their job and keep and make sure they do what they're good at and they're not may, may, maybe uh, consider shifting them or to be able to put them on a different project and so that you know this also help them uh, realize what their own strengths are and this minimizes turnovers within a large uh, company and organization as well so that in a nutshell is how do you work uh, with people that reports into you so i've covered all three things and really to be able to lead up, lead across, and lead down will make you a 360-degree leader. And these types of leaders, although it's much easier said than done, um, are, 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 are out there. I mean, if you observe, um, if you work for a large company or even if you work for a startup, you, you will see these types of people. They're around and uh, they know how to manage all around, right? They, they are being liked. They're well-liked and they're also popular amongst the organization. People can not stop saying good things about them when, when they're being talked about. So you know who they are and just try to be one of these people. It can only help you. And yeah, they uh they 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 eventually, you know, these people, these are these three sixty degree leaders, they're the ones that are being promoted for the next available uh opportunity. So it's only to your benefit if you can develop toward that direction. And um yeah, just be patient. Just be patient. Do your job, do your job well, and develop your 360-degree leadership so that, you know, maybe that next promotion opportunity will be yours, okay? So, uh, yeah, but don't put too much, um, don't put too high of an expectation of what, what I just said because that almost never happens. Just man manage your expectations and uh, do it for your own good, okay? Yeah, so that's about it for John Maxwell's book, The 360-Degree Leader. And I hope you liked it, and I will see you next time. Wow, 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 wow.